It's always a wonderful thing to start in the house of the Lord once again to start the year in this place. You know, it's all, it matters how you start because it influences how you finish as well. Amen. Many people chose to start somewhere else. We are not judging them. We are not blaming them. That's their choice, but we did the right choice, okay? Out of all the choices, you did the right choice. You did not start on vacation. You're starting with God. We have been dealing with Ephesians as, um, a, 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 as our series this time, and this is not just for us to just get it in, but it's actually to equip us so that we can use it, okay? And knowledge is useless if you don't use it. If you don't apply it, it's just the same as you don't get it. So I want you to, be, to set yourself up, set yourself up to use this, uh, this series. Whatever you're getting from this series, please take it as a important course that you're going to apply in our lives. Let's take it that way. Amen. So we may take uh, our Bibles and open to Ephesians chapter 2. Pastor John dealt with Ephesians chapter 1 last week. I am, uh, I have the privilege to, to share Ephesians chapter 2. Shall we take our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2? We'll read from verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, when you follow the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, this spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And Jesus, sorry, I beg your pardon. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared for us in advance, uh, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you use it to equip us, to sanctify us, to, to mold us into that what you want us to be, O oh Lord, to be those uh, vessels that you are going to use. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Paul has mentioned many different words here which are really, which although they refer to our past life, you were, if you are now a Christian and if you are not yet a Christian, please don't stress out because by the end of this day, you will get that ticket, okay? Because it's a done deal already. 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid a full price, so you don't have to worry anything. But Paul referred to some different difficult words here. Some of them, he says, you were transgressors in your sins. You followed Satan, that the prince of the age is talking about. You were disobedient. You were selfish. You were controlled by the flesh desires and 
thoughts and therefore, he said, you were dead. I don't know if you have, if, if, have you seen this one. Uh, there is this thing they normally watch on TVs. One dead. And then they say, dead or alive. I, I, I understand if you want me alive, but I don't understand why you need a dead body. You understand? It means that they want to be sure that you are no longer there. You don't exist. Sometimes you are wanted because you have done something very wrong. Therefore, they want you. If they want proof that you are, you are completely out of the picture, that you are not going to repeat again to continue to harm the society if it is so. But also when they want you like this, if they find you alive, the reason is they want to kill you. <laughs> Okay, they want to exterminate you. Maybe through capital punishment. I come from Zimbabwe. If you kill someone, you, you are killed. You, there is death sentence there. I don't know if you call it human rights or human wrongs. I don't know. But they say you kill, they kill you. You get on a death row then. So if they say you are wanted, you know that indeed they want you so that they make you dead. That's what it is. And Paul had used this word interestingly in this, and he was referring it to us. He says, you were dead in our sins. And this is an important term, family, because there are only two words in God's vocabulary. That's what Paul is saying here. You are either dead or you are alive. You can't be both. You can't be, I'm figuring out. There is no borderline fence sitting here. You are either this side or you are on the other side. You can't be in Zimbabwe and South Africa at the same time. You have to be either in South Africa or in Zimbabwe. You choose one, but you can't be in both. Because no one is tall enough. I know I'm a giant. You can't put your one leg there over the border fences and another one there. Otherwise, you'll get electrocuted, is it? So you have to be on one side so that you are kind of safe. So he's saying here, there is no two citizenship here. There is no dual citizenship. You can't be a living or a dead Christian. You either dead or you're alive. You are a Christian or you're a non-Christian. And you belong to Jesus or to the devil. He also said, therefore your destiny is hell, is the wrath of God. That's what scripture is saying here. I know some of us, you might say, yeah, no, but I am still figuring it out. But I want to remind you that it's okay to figure it out. I know that you're in a, on a journey. But while you are there, realize that if you die before you make it there, you are dead and you're starved. Because if you're still figuring it out and you don't get your destination, you cannot be counted to people. We have, can you be part of the number we have made it? No. You were figuring it out, this Christian thing. And you did not make it. So Paul is saying, be careful. Because if you die before you make it there, there are several consequences and there is what we call the wrath of God which we'll deal with later. But I just want to talk about this thing. You know, death family is a scary thing. This week alone, both campuses have had deaths. We lost a lady here, very young. But the scary part was yesterday morning, 4 a.m., or before that, 9 o'clock, 9 p.m., I got a frantic call from a 13-year-old from Y-Bank. Pastor, where are you? I said, I'm somewhere, I'm far away, but I can come. He said, run here. I said, what's wrong? He said, mommy has been shot dead. And this is a 13-year-old. The sister who is 16, she has passed on. For an hour, she couldn't breathe, she couldn't do anything. A 13-year-old now is going through her mother's phone. He's phoning everyone she can get hold of. And you get there, and the mother's body is still there. And we sat there until 4 a.m. 
looking at this mother who was talking to her children, and I said, guys, we will pray. And they said, pastor, we were fasting. And mommy was doing even dry fasting. But she's been shot dead point blank in front of her children sitting on the bed. Death is painful. Death is scary. Death is imminent. However, it is death in your sins that is more scary. Because once you are born, you are left to die physically. And there is no one who can escape. I always say that you cannot say, give that call to my secretary. When death calls, you answer yourself by force. And the way we go is different, and there is no justification for what has happened. It's not being insensitive. But death is coming. Physical death is coming. But when it comes, let it find you in the right place. When physical death comes, let it find you with Christ. While the world says, wanted dead or alive, because they want to kill you if you're still alive, the Bible says, wanted dead to be made alive. That's what God does. He wants you dead so that he can make you alive. Dead in your transpaces, dead in your sins, but he's the only one who has got the cure or the antidote for sin that causes eternal death. That's why he says, I want you. There is why the gospel is called the good news. Everything else is bad news. But the gospel is called the good news because that when we are dead, he makes us alive. And the opposite is true. Gossip is bad news. Because gossip, it brings those people who are alive to die, you know. Because of gossip, it's not, sometimes it's not true. And because of that bad news, then it, it, it brings sorrow and pain. But the gospel is different. It says here in Romans 5 verse 8, says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that we don't have to die twice. Because, but because of this great, his great love, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Verse 4 and 5 of Ephesians 2. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us because of nothing we have done or we can do ourselves. It's because of everything Christ did. How amazing is that? That he have to suffer a painful punishment pain and death so that you and I can be made alive, so that you and I can be spared, so that when the devil come and accuse you, God will say, yeah, I paid for that. I said, this one, you know what? He said, yes, I know, and I did pay for that. And said, that one too. He said, yes, I did pay for that one too. So that it doesn't rest on ourselves. It rests on him, on his shoulders. Why? Because he's very capable. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life how amazing is that even that the payment for us our our our, our response to that is just belief it's faith in him and I, I like he says that with christ and in christ in verse 6 of what we have just spoken about said therefore if a man is in christ he is a new creation the old is gone and the new is here far above every power and authority we are in the presence of God, we are with God, we are with Christ, and we are in Christ. That makes us immune to eternal death, family, if you didn't realize that. You know that, yes, when time comes to leave this earth, this horrible earth, with its problems, we have an eternal destiny that will not die anymore. We used to sing those hymns that there is no sorrow there, there is all joy. You know those good and old hymns, please 
music people, bring back those hymns because they remind us where we are going. They are full of messages that brings us hope and they say reality because they tell us exactly what we need to tell. You know, our souls and our spirits, they need to, to, to hear that so that we'll be able to live this life with hope. I like this thing that it's about faith. It's not about works that you get saved. Don't confuse the Works are good. We'll get there. But faith is your qualification, your belief in what Jesus Christ has done already. It's the courage for our salvation so that every single one of us, as long as you still have a heartbeat, you can afford it. You might not have a voice, but when you've got faith, you can be saved. You can be eternally rescued from permanent wrath of God, from the permanent wrath of God. That's why he says in John 3, 16, you believe, you receive it. In Romans 10, 13, you believe and you get it. And so, as our mode of operandi is also faith-based, which means our working, the way we live as Christians, have to be faith-based. Romans 10, verse 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from the hearing, the message, and the message is heard through the word of, about Christ. Since faith comes from the hearing of the word, and the word is about Christ, then it means that there have to be someone to tell people about the word of Christ. There have to be a group of people doing something so that the word can go to people, can, can reach others so that they too can believe. Because if they don't hear the word, they can't believe. And there is, if they, there's no one who is going to tell the word, they are not going to, to be able to hear it. So there will be, their chances of hearing this word, this life-saving word, will be jeopardized by that. We, so we have that responsibility. So, yes, I love, it is our, our mandate. All of us, we have a duty to do. I like the work, the mystery of works. You know, the Bible kind of makes it, makes it as it is. At one time, it's saying faith without works is dead. And some, at one time, it's saying no, but it's not by your good works that you have been saved. It's just to understand that mystery. The mystery is that no amount of good works can save you, can bring you salvation. You can be a very good charitable person, but that does not earn you the right to become a child of God, right? But, however... You cannot be a saved person and lay good works. Because how can you have a good God and remain devil? Remain an evil one. You understand? Devil and evil goes together. So as God and good goes together. So we are saved. The works look, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think? You see these beautiful things? What do these things have in common? Can you see that? What do they have in common? They are all created, right? They are all handiwork. They, are all, they all have a purpose. And the main difference with all those things is that they were all created by man. But we are created by the creator of everything. How amazing is that? That we are created by... I don't know if you heard this. You know, when I was in grade 7, I remember very well, in 1992, we used to have a book, um, a, a picture of someone, of something. It used to be like this. Then another picture is like this. Another picture is like this. Another one. Have you seen that? And, and, and as it goes up, the tail is going inside. I don't know where it goes. And they call it, they call it evolution, right? I think it's evolution to people. But they called it evolution. Have you heard that? So I heard a story about that. Uh, the child goes to the, to the father and says, Daddy, where did human beings come from? And daddy started lecturing the child according to what has been brainwashed. 
You know, we used to be apes and we evolved slowly, but slowly we became human beings and all the fear disappeared for some reason. I don't know, after two million years or two thousand years, there is not even one baboon that is tending to be a human being at least yet. But he believed that, this professor of archaeology, right? Then the child goes, no, I'm not satisfied. The child goes to ask the mother. I said, mommy, where did human beings come from? And the, and the mother said, human beings were created by God in his image. And then they're sitting on the dinner table. And then, obviously, there are visitors, you know, from both sides. And, say, and the child said, hey, I'm confused, folks. Listen here. Everyone stop eating. I need clarity on this issue. Where did human beings come from? Daddy, you said, mommy, daddy said that uh, we came from, we evolved from being apes. And the mother simply said, you know what? I told you my side of the story of the family. I don't know your father. You understand? So, it is very important. It is very important for us to understand where we come from because when we understand where we come from, we'll also understand our significance. We'll also understand our purpose because if you think that you are involved, you evolve, then you become something else that was maybe created by human beings like those things, you know. You become a consumer-minded person. That's why we are so consumerized that we are People who just want to grab everything you can grab, right? This is what we are using. And we just don't do that to gadgets. We also do that to food as well. It's like me. Don't, don't, don't be fooled by this body. I do eat quite a lot. Probably I eat maybe your five meals. I, I, I take them by myself. I don't know what's happening to my system. It doesn't show that, but I do eat quite a lot. We are so consumerized people that we just want to get it into myself. We eat and we even eat, what do you call this, Gavison Eno, so that we can down it, so that we can eat again. I used to have a, a family member like that. I won't tell you his name, but, or her name. Uh, uh, he used to eat quite a lot. That you put one teaspoon of soda in water, he diluted, so he drinks, so that it goes down, so he eat again. <laughs> Within two hours or something. You see, we are so consumerized people. But Paul says, what we have been saved... All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. We're not just saved to be consumers of the gospel, to the consumers of the pastoral care, to be consumers of other things, but we are saved so that we can be partners with God. He gave us a ministry. Just as we received the, the, the free gift of forgiveness and salvation of eternal life, we also have to receive the ministry that God gave us. And that ministry is to bring others to God. You know, I love ants. Ants are amazing. Have you watched the movie or a documentary called Ants? We have watched it. If you haven't, please go and watch it. It's amazing how those people, who, those little things, how those people, those little things who, who doesn't have a voice. And their brain, I think, is as big as a full stop. Because if you look at the ants body, you can see, you can calculate, you know, that the brain should be as a full stop. And that makes it the size of, okay, I won't go there. But they are very small, that's what I'm trying to say. But yet, the way they work together, watch the movie called Ends and see how much empires those things are building underneath there and how they get to work and take food. It's so amazing. And yet us, we 
are here. We have been blessed with so much intelligence and so much everything, but yet we are not doing anything. So Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 12, he says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's why we have been saved. We're created. Don't, don't forget that. We are the only human race or a thing that God used his hands to create. In Genesis 1, we are told that after God created everything, he said, let, when God was creating everything, he said, let there be sun. Sun came out of God flying. He said, let there be earth, let there be this, and it flew out of God's mouth. But when it came to human beings, he stopped. He said, come on, Holy Spirit, where are you? I said, I'm here. Jesus, where are you? I'm here. Let us make men in our own image. And the Bible says he touched the soil and he built the soil. And after that, he breathed his spirit. Only thing that God touched, first point of conduct, was a human being. And the only thing that God breathed his own spirit in it. That's why we are unique and divine. We are not just nobodies. We are not just like any other creation. I don't care what you think about equating all life the same. Animals and human beings will never be the same. It's our feeling. It's good for us. We feel good about it. And I'm not saying don't love animals. I love animals myself because they provide me with meat. But... Humans will remain supreme to any life because it is the only creation that God has breathed in. And he did that so that we can be like him. But God is not an arbitrary God. He's not a cruel God. God is a fair God. He gives a reward for any service that he, gave, that, he, that he asks you to do. You know, there is a big reward, especially we, it, it, the Bible tells us that, that we are citizens in, in, in chapter 18 and 22. One of the biggest rewards is being called a child of God. John 1 verse 12, he came to his own and to those who believe him, he gave them the right, the citizen, to become children of the most high God. That's one big reward. Number two, we have got heavenly citizenship. In verse 18, it says, we are seated with Christ in heaven. Hey, listen, this is the only time when you get a dual citizenship. You will live here on earth as a physical body. But at the same time, in God's mind, you are seated in the heavenly realm. Hey, listen, this is too deep to make to understand with your logic. Your brain will pop out of your ears if you try to understand it logically. So you need to just believe it. That's what God is saying. That's what it is. Most of us, we want to take time and try to think of how does it work that I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm in heaven. It does not work. I'm a using women. Hey, listen here. God understands you better than you are. And you will never understand yourself better than God. So God is saying we have been given this reward that to become citizen of heaven. At the same time when you are on earth. I love citizens' rights. In South Africa, you get some social grants, right? I don't know how much it is. I don't know if it's a good idea or not at some stage because I, I've got lots of family members now who are battling because they're trying to get that 250 grant and they get six children and it's expensive. Nepis alone cost 300 rands and you get 250 to get a child. And You know, I don't know that. But I have seen one of the benefits is... When you don't have to pay school fees for your children, can you imagine? The health system is working well because you're a citizen of a country. There are countries who do that. Whereby when your education is for free and the health system is for free. I just had my little daughter go to get the eyes tested and she's getting free glasses, free eye testing, free glasses. I'm like, wow. And she gets even free food at school, free education. That's the citizen's rights. Amazing stuff, yeah? But... With rights comes with responsibilities. You might be wondering what next. 
Matthew 6, 33 tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added in, uh, to you. Most of the time, we spend lots of time and hours planning. You know, I love John Maxwell. He now, you have got a good diary that helps you to plan everything into detail, hour by hour, minute by minute. Who are you seeing? What? And goals, financial goals. And all that is amazing and is good. But you need to learn to prioritize. I think it's Steve Carvey who said, begin with the end in mind. So which means look ahead. What is it that you want to, go, to get there? That's your end. Then now, put first things first. It's pointless to know where you want to go and to know other details. But if you don't put the first things first, you might as well not get there. So Bible tells us, seek ye first. So what does it mean? It means reprioritize. This year, as you're going into 2018, 20, oh, 2018, 2023, you see how, 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 how backwards I am? 2023. You know the reason why I say 2018? Because I still have 2018 goals. They are not fulfilled yet. So I, I just carry them on over every year. I just carry. Why? Because I'm trying to start with my own things, sort, sort my life out. Then I can do what God says. But God is saying, Seek ye face the kingdom of God, which means reprioritize your new year resolution. They are good. Keep them the way they are. But on top of them, I want you to go now and put God first. The kingdom of God first. As you go through this Ephesians series, I want you to take every bit of that lesson you are going to learn and put it first ahead of your priority. If you want to achieve your new year resolutions quicker than anyone else, Start with God because God knows what is ahead. God knows how you get there and God have the resources that you need to get there because whatever he does not have, he says it with his word and it comes into existence. So it is a wise idea to put God first. So what are you going to do? First, be willing to be used by God. Make it an effort that you are willing to be used by God. That is what you want. You want your availability, then you provide whatever that is needed. Secondly, find your purpose in this kingdom. And don't worry if you don't know it. This series, that's what it is about. It is to equip you, to get you to understand what is it, where is it that you fit in in this kingdom of God. It will do that, but you need to be willing. And third, get going. Get assessed. Get trained to do those good works that Ephesians is talking about. And all the additions that you have been chasing since 2018, if you were like me, or since your rest of your life that you have been trying to achieve these goals, and year after year you are pushing those resolutions ahead and you feel guilty, you know, you haven't achieved them yet when it gets to December. Now you push them over and over until things have changed and now you have to do new ones before you even fulfill the old ones. When God is with you, when you are in God, He is able to do everything exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can think or imagine. Those goals, you have thought them well. You have imagined them well. But without God, you cannot achieve them. But with God, he is willing to achieve them for you. But you need to put him first. I want us to bow down this morning. Maybe you are here this morning. You haven't given your life to Jesus. Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. But Romans 10 verse 9 to 13 says, If you believe, if you believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, 
and you confess with your mouth that he rose from the dead, you shall be saved. Which means you become a child of God. You can go before God and ask him anything that just like a child goes to his or her father to ask for anything and daddy will make sure that whatever the child needs, he will get it. So I want to give you this opportunity. There is no pastor who can pray for you to be born again. There is no prophet who can prophesy over your life to be born again. It's a heart-to-heart conversation between you and God. Who will help you according to this scripture, Romans 10, verse 9 to 13? If you are here and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to start that relationship with God, you want to be alive from dead to alive, this is your opportunity. Just pray this prayer that is recorded in Romans 10, verse 9 to 13. Church, let's help them. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. Save my soul. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. Devil and all your works, leave me alone. I belong to Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill me and lead me. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all what it takes, the Bible says. You believe with all your heart, you confess with your mouth, God does the rest. You don't have to do good works to be saved. But from now on, you are able and equipped to do those good works because the good God now lives inside you. And if he lives inside you, then you can do anything. So I want us to pray as we stand. We can stand up if you don't mind. I want you to, to pray yourself this morning and that God enables you to be willing to be used by you. It's not easy to be used by God. It's not something that comes automatically. Human, by human nature is very disobedient, that's what Paul says. But by default, we were predestined to do good works. But because of our stubbornness, we start wanting to make it ourselves. But don't worry. You were once dead, and now you are alive in Christ. There is a life giver in you. You are a temple of the most high God. Your very DNA is now wired to do good works. You are designed to, be, to succeed and not to fail to progress and not to procrastinate and get up and get going. But let's pray and ask God to help us, to enable us right now. Just speak to him right now. Say, Lord, enable me to do those good works. Oh, Lord, enable me to overcome those obstacles that will stop me to do those good works that you have ordained me to do. Almighty God, speak to him right now. Father, we pray this morning. Once again, oh, Lord, enable us, oh, Lord, to do those good works, Lord, that you have destined us, you have predestined us before the creation of the world to do them, almighty God. In, stay in us, Almighty God. Guide us, O oh Lord. Let us hear your voice as you tell us to turn right to the left and so that we cannot be just consumers, but we will be doers of your word, so that we can be partakers of your kingdom extension, Almighty God. We pray, Father, that you give us the necessary resources, strength, and the vigor to do whatever that you want us to do. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the saints say, Amen. Family, thank you so much. And if you are here and you need prayer, maybe you're not feeling well or something, the chapel is there for us so that we can pray together. But otherwise, thank you so much. God bless you. If you're staying for 10 o'clock service, welcome. But otherwise, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you.